sis, there are people paid to do nothing but run searches to find people just like you. And especially again, in the age of social media and the internet and how easy it is to find those people, you are not like above getting a cease and desist from Hallmark or Coca-Cola or Apple or whoever the case, you know, may be. So I always tell people, keep that in mind as well. Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherline. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. Summer, thank you so much for being on Chattering Over Chowder. I am Bethany. And I'm Sherline. And we are the team behind Crackers and Soup, a podcast production company. And today with us today, we have Summer Burnley. Summer Burnley. I know. Ding, 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 ding. So as, as I just said in the behind the scenes, I'm extremely overtired. It's been a wild week that no one really cares about um, except for except for me and my family um, so there may be a lot of singing happening in this episode just randomly just we love your, singing. your ears will be blessed with bethany's or curly yes, tunes. Not. blessed or cursed <laughs> some notes you just can't hit like you used to <laughs> so summer comes to us as not only a podcast host but as a friend and a homegirl, and we're so excited to have her with us today. So not only a friend, a homegirl, a podcast host, but also an Esquire who does a lot of crackers and soups Esquire shit. So thank you, Summer Esquire shit. (laughs) No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So that car that you hooked your Bluetooth up with that I pay your monthly payments for, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. You know, well, if we keep this up, I may get that Tesla come February. No, yes, girl, yes, please. And please, I will send you a life cutout of myself so that you can put it in the passenger seat so I can literally ride or die with you all the damn yes. time. Yes, yes. I may just have to like FaceTime you a couple times. Like, Bethany, where are we going today? You ready? I'd be like, this ride's so smooth. <laughs> So I'm just going to read a quick bio so that everybody knows who you are. So Summer Burnley is an attorney, business strategist, and the owner of Burnley Law PLLC, a virtual boutique law firm specializing in business and trademark law. Her law firm is special. (laughs) Okay, rewind. Her law firm is a progressive law practice that has abandoned the traditional ways of doing law. She, she has purposely chosen to forgo a brick and mortar. She has ditched the billable hour and has said goodbye to the ultra conservative legal uniform. She is humbled to be a part of the elite group of less than 1.7% of black attorneys who practice intellectual property law. Her background is in managing and strategizing high-end multi six and seven figure businesses for growth. Crackers and Soup is not there yet, but we will be. Yes. This expertise and skill set lend her to be a vital and integral member of the client's businesses. Whether it be legal or operational, Summer enjoys making sure her clients have a foundationally sound business set up to scale. Summer is on a mission to see more women of color entrepreneurs fully protecting and owning their brand so that they can operate businesses that bring them more freedom. I love it. I love it. Summer from Burnley Law, (laughs) P-L-L-C. That's me. Hi. (laughs) You really are getting the wild side of Bethany today. Um, Oh, you mean this isn't normal? This is the side I always get. How early Bethany, are your phone if calls with her? Side of, this, if there's another side of you, I don't know. I want to see it because I love this version right here. <laughs> but you usually get a more stream of conscious Bethany. <laughs> where, where it's touche. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually, yeah. It's usually, okay, we have a focal point. I can speak in sentences that are concise and clear. <laughs> Music doesn't usually happen till the end. Doesn't yeah. usually happen till the end. Yeah, yeah. And that's because we've talked for three hours and now I'm getting like stir crazy. Every single and time. That's why it happens. Every dot, every single, single time. dot 
time dot. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 But it's bad, y'all. It's problematic. But we have to, for, for respect of our listeners, keep it within an hour today. <laughs> so, Summer, I adore everything about you. We actually met in a Facebook group, Facebook business group, and you were are absolutely one of my favorite reasons for having joined that group. Oh, thank you. Because not only are you an amazing person and fun and your personality just is just a light, but you're also fucking smart. (laughs) I went to school. (laughs) I appreciate your collegiate efforts. (laughs) And I cannot imagine having anybody support crackers and soup in our business regarding trademark other than you. You're so you break things down so effortlessly in which they can be able to be comprehended for the layman person. And you take the time to really know your clients. So you have this legal background. You have your master's, you have the Juris Doctorate. How the hell did you get into podcasting and why? What's your journey? Okay, so disclaimer, I do not have a master's degree, but I do have the Juris Doctorate and I got the loans to prove it. So I got into podcasting by happenstance, honestly. I got a vision from the good Lord that I was supposed to be doing something on a large scale. It was supposed to be bigger. It was supposed to be having some kind of impact, but that's all I got. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where it was going to lead. And I'm one of those people. It's like, I try to work when I get messages, but I don't move until like I have a solid answer. And so a couple months later, like I got word, like, okay, it's supposed to be a podcast. And that was just interesting for me because I'm not a huge podcast person, you know, in all, in all transparency. And so I was like, okay, well, that's like talking into a microphone, right? I mean, I can do that, you know? And so I was like, well, what's going to be the name of this? How am I going to come about it, et cetera? And it really took probably about a good seven months before I was given the name. And as soon as the name was revealed to me, everything else just fell into place. And it was like, this is the mission. This is the goal, you know? And I was so determined to see it through that I was like, if I have to do all this stuff myself, I will. And of course, you know, like say we met in the group and it just so happened when I realized you did podcast management, I'm like, oh, sister girl, can we talk? (laughs) Hook me up. (laughs) And I am so, so blessed and so thankful that I did because I don't think a lot of times it's like, you realize how much work goes into something. And I was willing to do the work. I always am, but I'm so grateful and blessed to not have to do the work. And so to be able to like work with you and Sherline and produce like awesome content for other people is it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And your podcast isn't based upon business or or trademark. Your podcast is actually based upon the journey of being an entrepreneur. So why did you concentrate on that, on that as your topic for your podcast? So uh, again, always like, if this is going to, if you are not a believer, it's going to sound crazy. So just roll with me, but I didn't choose it. It chose me. So once I was given the name and was revealed what it was supposed to be about, I, for one, the, yes, I love trademarks. I love business, but the, the common denominator between all that is being an entrepreneur and taking that journey. And that journey looks a lot different for every single person. And along that journey, especially for women of color, a lot of times we don't have representation of seeing what we're trying to do. And a lot of the times we also feel like we're going through this process or this struggle ourselves because there there's this age in social media right now where it will lead you to believe that being an entrepreneur is easy, that it's easy to start. You can hit six figures in a month and, you know, you can have a seven figure launch. And, you know, there's a lot of fake business profits out there who will tell you one, two, three, four, five, and six. And I'm just here to tell you, like, this road is not easy. And so being able to provide a platform where other women, especially women of color and their allies, true allies, okay, let's, let me point that out. We don't do no fake friends over here, <laughs> you know, but having a place where they could come, 
share their journey, how they got there, what that journey has been like for them, but also give them a platform where they can promote themselves and their business without sounding salesy, without, you know, feeling like, oh, I have to put on a front and have to have my face done. And I, you know, like without all the code switching, like come as your true authentic self and let the people really learn and know who you are and why you're so awesome and why they should be following you or working with you. So yeah, that's, 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 that's how we got there. I love that so much because I feel like not only do you do this, but you also throw in little tidbits of information about business that I think a lot of, you know, women of color, we're not aware of, you know what I mean? We're, we're just not, again, like you were saying, we don't already, we don't have that representation already. We don't know enough people in our own people in these industries that can help us. So finding that it, you know, I think it's so helpful and I don't think you understand sometimes how incredible the advice and the things, the people you bring on everything, because you're essentially creating a network. Like you yourself are creating this network that your listeners can also now have. So it's, it's incredible. Thank you. You know, I think, you know, in all honesty, I do tend to be a lot on the more humble side because I'm interested in doing the work. I'm interested in the impact. And I, I, shy away from, you know, the recognition. I shy away from the compliments. I'm getting to a point where I have learned to accept them and say thank you and not like try to dismiss them, right? Because that's a whole nother topic. But I I think sometimes like I don't realize how impactful, you know, an episode is or a guest has been or a piece of information or even just like talking with my clients until, you hear them say something, you know, of the nature of how like, oh, I really picked this up. Like in one of my episodes with Sedale, she mentioned this whole thing about how, you know, this whole thing around imposter syndrome and really as women in color, instead of embracing that, we should be more like Chad because Chad has no experience. Chad is like overconfident. Chad shows up and basically is very mediocre and still gets his promotions and still succeeds in life and drives in his Tesla and will provide his six figure income for his family. So be like Chad, right? Like don't let, you know, your fears or that imposter syndrome like get to you. And it's so funny because that's become like a thing now. Like I have people who are like, girl, I had to remember to be like Chad today, (laughs) you know, or just like little situations, you know, like like that. And for me, that's what it's about. And so I know like Bethany and I, Bethany and I had a conversation when we were starting out with the podcast and she's like, you should really be like putting on episodes at this time and like this often. And I'm like, God didn't tell me to do that. God told me that I needed to put out these episodes every two weeks. So that's what we're going to do, you know? And I've had a lot of people ask me about, you know, like monetization. And I'm like, that's not what this podcast is for. You know, I'm not looking to get on a podcast billboard or will a podcast, you know, reward or, you know, anything like that. Like whoever this is supposed to reach for whatever the message is, that's the purpose. And if it's one person, if we only get two listens, that's good enough for me. And the title of your podcast is so dope. So how did the title of your podcast come to you? Okay, so the title of the podcast is The Lurk Lounge. And it came to me because I have a couple of like business besties and we're actually like really great friends in real night, real life, but they also just happen to be on the entrepreneur journey. And so often we have conversations about what the experience is, about clients, about imposter syndrome, about, you know, being scared to charge fees, like whatever the case is, we're always having these conversations. And I happened to be on the phone with my girlfriend one day while she was walking in the store and uh, she was like, complaining to me about the business and how she was tired and like all this kind of stuff. And somebody approaches her and and the store. And so she just like moved the phone down a little bit. Like I'm not on like mute or anything, you know, and they're asking her how she is. How's the family? How's the business? And then homegirl is like, oh, it's going awesome. Doing so well, yada, yada, yada. And I'm looking at the phone. Like I pull the phone away. I'm like, she lied. (laughs) So like, you know, we got back to the phone and I'm like, what is going on? Like you were just sitting here like bitching and complaining. I don't know if I can say that. Sorry. It just came out. Really? 
I'm like, oops, just going to interject with the really. Did you just like <gasps> over the word bitch? We have an explicit title, so I think you'll be fine. Okay. Okay. No, but tears. I was like, you were just complaining like two seconds ago, you know, and it was this whole front and it's like, yeah, but you know, like I quit my job for this. And like, I don't want people to know that, you know, I'm not feeling it. And you know, what if it doesn't work out? And you know, yada, yada, like this whole thing. And often when we have, com- that was the first thing where I was like, mm, okay, people are fronting out here. We're having the conversations with each other, but we're not having them out in the open, you know? And many a times when we would talk, it would be like, man, people need to know this information. Like we would repeatedly say that, like this should have been recorded. It needs to go somewhere way before we even thought about podcasts. I mean, this has been like years, right? And so I was like, you know what? I want to have conversational, a conversational podcast where people can literally be like a fly on the wall. I want it to be as if you're talking to like your best girlfriend, you're giving the real deal on what's going on, on the process, the journey, the struggle, the success, and have other people be able to listen in to that because the messages need to be shared across all of us. And that's so important. And that's kind of the backbone of what we do in Chatting Over Chowder, but in a different spin. It's the message that you can be a podcast host, you can be an editor, you can be a graphic designer, you can be a podcast management company and be a woman in the podcasting industry. And these are the journeys of how our guests got there and the experiences along the way. So if you're listening and you're contemplating, you know what? I love podcasts. I'm in my 40s and I have never done anything like this. Is this achievable for me? Just from hearing your story, just from hearing our other guests' experience, hell yeah, it's achievable. Do that damn thing. Like, don't suffer in silence. <laughs> we're here for you. We're here, to, we're here to talk about it with you. And I love that your, your podcast concentrates on the successes, but also the hiccups and the struggles along the way. Yeah, you know, I think it's important because there, especially not just entrepreneurship, but in your business as well, there's so much fluctuation. There are so many moving pieces. There are so many moving parts. There are always these fires to put out. And it's it's a situation where you have to really be confident and strong in not only your business, but yourself and why you're doing what you're doing as well. And I have come to just learn a lot of times, yes, some of those failures come from just not knowing, right? Because a lot of people just don't have business experience. They're used to being an employee. But some of the time it it comes because they're doing it for the wrong reason, right? And I remember hearing somebody say once, like if no matter what you're starting it, starting, whether it's a business, a project, a hobby, a family, whatever the case may be, if you're, if you're starting it for yourself, you'll give up every time, right? Because if you only have yourself to rely on, if you only have yourself to to keep you pushing, you know, what are you going to happen when, you know, you have a bad day? What's going to happen on the days you feel like giving up? So in order to succeed in whatever it is that you're trying to do and be fully, you know, satisfied and complete in that, you have to be doing it for something other than yourself. And so one of the things that I have realized is a lot of those pivots for entrepreneurs who go from like that struggle mode to switching the success, whatever it looks like for them, right? It's because they really tapped into why they're doing what they're doing. And it happens to be like, not just because I need to pay this bill or because my mama said so, or I'm trying to run away or whatever the case is, it tends to be on something for a larger scale with a bigger impact. I love that because it's truly finding a way to serve others through your business. And I like seeing it from that perspective because you're so right. If you see it from that perspective, that it motivates you. Because I know whenever we have a client and I've helped them get to a portion where they feel comfortable now actually like visually being able to brand themselves and and throw their podcast out there and have their voices heard. I know how amazing that makes me feel, but I'm like, yes, they're doing the thing. And it like excites me and I want to support them. And I think we often forget that that's the real reason why we do what we do. The money is just a benefit to that. 
And the more we focus on that feeling of serving others, I think the more that money and everything will just align itself naturally. So I do. That's, I wasn't thinking of that necessarily. And I love that you brought that up. I love it. I do it for the money. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I do it for Don't the cookies. I do it for the cheddar. I do it for the green. I do it for the bling. I do it for for the let's like pesos. I do it for. <laughs> I wouldn't Money's say good. That. You know, Don't I get wouldn't me wrong. say that. This well, Bethany, though, even as much as you say that, like <laughs> you enjoy and you love your money, and that that is a motivator for some people. You make sure that the clients you have are still aligned with who you are as a person. You don't just take any rando because they're willing to give you your dollars. So you still have a why as to what you do everything for. Yeah, I do. I do. And it's it's funny because Summer and I actually had an extensive conversation about this just last week. And I know so many people are are so hesitant to say, I like money. I, I do it for the money. I, I enjoy money. And we actually broke down what money means to you. And I think that that is my why. It's, I like money. I don't like not having money. But (laughs) when I have money, it's because, as Sherilyn, you said, I vetted our clients. I know that these clients are not only going to be, are not only going to pay us to do our services, but we're going to get to see them transition into a place where they want to be. We're going to get an opportunity to bring them into our family and become friends. We're going to be getting an opportunity to see them excel. So my, when, when crackers and soup gets money, it's so much more than the dollar dollar bills wrapped into it. It's also the feeling of we're helping them and the freedom of knowing that I have enough. There isn't that feeling of scarcity. There isn't that feeling of anxiety because I can't pay a bill because we didn't get X amount of clients. So there is the money and then there's the feeling about the money. And that's that's why I'd be loving my money because I'd be loving how it makes me feel. I'd be rubbing it on my face. Hello, hello, Benjamin. <laughs> But I, I think that the, what aligns you so well with that is that because you make sure that your money is coming from good sources, so you still feel good about it. You're not like, oh, I took money from some skeevy person that I'm helping, you know, destroy other people, you know, so it, I think that that also adds less guilt to money because I do think as minorities as much as we all have been taught you know like we need money and or none of us have really been taught how to handle money I think we were also told that people with money are bad or they've gotten it through skeevy ways and so I think you know when you align yourself with the right people and your your beliefs and everything you that that'll just flow in naturally you know what I mean like that that will come Summer I know the importance of trademarking for podcasts. You know the importance of trademarking for podcasts. But so many people who are podcast hosts or who are working in the the podcasting industry don't understand why it's important to trademark even your name or segments or different aspects of your podcast. So can you talk a little bit about what trademarking your podcast looks like and, and the importance of it? Yeah, so... The, there's a couple of points and I mean, you know, I could talk about this for like 50 episodes, but in, in, in the most succinct way that I could think to, to say why it's important is because you want to make sure that whatever you are putting out to the world, especially, especially when you're using it as a brand identifier, that you own it right? Because you don't really own a domain name. You're kind of renting space from somebody else. Your uh, business name that you may be operating under does not give you federal um, trademark, you know, registration rights. And if you are not protecting it, then you are leaving yourself open for other brand thieves to come behind you and, you know, copycat your work, copycat your name, whether it's exact or whether it's similar. And I like to point that out because when it comes to trademarks, many people are under the impression that, you know, because I'm not operating as, you know, chatting over chowder, then I'm fine, right? Well, if you decide to take, you know, this model and, you know, what the ladies are doing and decide you're going to create singing over soup, I'm coming for you. 
I'm coming for you. Just saying, right? Because the- She will come for you. <laughs> I will come for you. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Liam Neeson on Taken. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> I am Summer's daughter. And she is finding me. <laughs> okay. But that's important, right? Because especially during COVID and in 2020, there was an uptick more like so much more than usual with the USPTO. That's the office that does the federal trademark registration with the amount of registrations that they were seeing daily. Right. And because we operate on a first in time system, a first in use system, it's best to go ahead and protect your your podcast name, your business name, course name or whatever it could be as soon as possible, because what will happen is you don't protect that name. Somebody comes after you and tries to protect something close or similar. Well, yeah, you can fight them, but now instead of paying, you know, a few thousand dollars to protect your trademark, you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars to possibly fight to show that you are the true owner of your name and possibly looking at litigation. So it escalates very quickly <laughs> when it comes to brand protection. And so I always suggest people, if you love it, if you your feelings would be hurt, if somebody else took it, Trademark it. And I think too, I think more people are seeing it nowadays is that smaller brands, smaller businesses are getting things stolen from them because they, again, they don't know this information and big corporate companies do. And so they see these smaller creators take those ideas, trademark it right away. And now they can't do anything about it. All that work that they had put into that following that they created, you know what I mean? All taken from them simply because they didn't have the knowledge. They didn't know how important something like that is. So I think you being able to share that is, is so helpful for people. And just those little tidbits of things where it's like, oh, you know, I'll just, maybe once I start getting a following, I'll, I'll then think about trademarking. And it's like, no, from the beginning, from the get-go, so that you can prove that it's you, like you had this idea originally. Yeah, that's very important, Sherline, because... <sighs> Especially in today's age with a lot of things being on social media, it's it's as quick as doing not forget Google search, click a hashtag search, look for a reel, look for, a, you know, somebody just uh, go through random people's list or they'll just put random people in your Instagram feed. Now, who do you know on Facebook always popping up? It's so easy for people to find like minded businesses because the algorithm is set up when you have a business page to show the people other pages who are similar to yours. So it's so easy for somebody to go to your page, figure out your marketing. You know what? I can figure out what your colors are. I can figure out what your brand font is. I can figure out what your brand messaging is. Oh, this is your website. Let me click and go to your website. Oh, now I can see what your copy looks like. So now I can sound just like you. And if you have too much of your process out there, they're going to try to recreate the process. And it's... <laughs> It's a fine line in entrepreneurship because yes, we like inspiration. We like to look upon other entrepreneurs who huh, we think are doing well or who are portraying themselves as doing well because they have thousands of followers, right? However, I always tell my clients like your message is not their message. Your mission is not their mission. Your vision is not their vision, even if you are in the same industry, right? So you don't have the recipe to their soup. You go and try to make it, you go muck it up and it's not gonna work the same. So stick to your recipe, stick to your greens, season them how you want and your people will come, you know? But then I have also seen where there are some entrepreneurs who get inspired by bigger companies and then they think because they're a smaller company, they can't be found. And sis, there are people paid to do nothing but run searches to find people just like you. And especially, again, in the age of social media and the internet and how easy it is to find those people, you are not like above getting a cease and desist from Hallmark or Coca-Cola or Apple or whoever the case, you know, may be. So I always tell people, keep that in mind as well. I always tend to see, for example, like smaller uh, businesses who use Etsy, for example, to sell their things. A lot of those things, their things are handmade, but they're copying things like Disney. And, and I'm always like, yo, I know you think that because you're small, 
Disney won't come after you. But I'm like, next thing you know, all that money you've made and more, I'm like, and people just forget. They think that, like you said, just because they're a bigger corporation, they're not going to care about little old me and my little old dollars that I made. And it's also it's- important for generational wealth because these are the tips and tricks that the wealthy have handed down to their family members over and over and over again. And these type of trademarks and this type of insurance, because that's what a trademark essentially is. It's it's an insurance for your business. And you can, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you can will a trademark. So you can... Just like you can pass down your business, you pass down all the assets that can go with that business. And a trademark is an asset of that business. And that's and that's how generations just compound all of their wealth and their money over and over and over again. So in addition to not only you being a smaller business, smaller entrepreneur and a smaller podcast and hoping to rise to the level of where you want to be, albeit five figures, six figures, seven figures. It is so smart and such a pivotal part of your business to trademark it. So when all of these big things do happen and you're creating documentation to pass on to your family members or to whomever, all of this is in play. All of this is in place. All of this is setting them up for additional success. So it's not just you and your podcast and your business. It's your children, it's your grandchildren, it's your husband, it's your wife, it's your uncle, like whomever you want to give your shit to, that's who it's going to impact. Yeah, 100%. And Bethany, you touched on something that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially younger entrepreneurs, it goes like right over their head, right? Because, you know, a lot of people may not understand that essentially what you're talking about is estate planning. And I, I am very big on making sure that, yes, you want to protect your business. Like, Yes, you should have some sort of formalized entity. Yes, you need your contracts in place. You need to protect your IP. However, you now own a business. So if you thought you didn't have any assets before, which I guarantee you that you do, even if you think you don't, right? But even if you were under the impression that you did not have any assets anymore, you now have a huge asset, which is your business. And you need to have a plan in place for what happens to your business after you're no longer here, right? You need to have a business succession plan. And I think that's something that goes over a lot of entrepreneurs' heads because they're trying to like just get their footing and they just want to start. They just want to go. So naturally they negate a lot of the foundational things first, but then they don't even get to thinking long-term. It's all, it's a lot of short-term, short goal um, thinking. So a lot of times I like to force my clients to think, what is your long-term goal for X, Y, and Z, right? And even if it is a podcast, right? Maybe you are not, you don't think you're gonna start, you know, a seven-figure business, right? I don't care if your business is a five-figure business, right? You still need to have a plan for what's in place. And just because we keep it real, talk to the people who you want to pass down your business to because you sitting here trying to give your daughter your business and she don't like what you do. She just gonna sell it off or run it amok or whatever the case is gonna be. So make sure you talk to the people who you are thinking about putting into place for what this plan looks like after you're no longer here. Or if you become ill or incapacitated or you your business is doing so well, you want to go to like Italy for a year. Like you still need to have a plan in place for your absence. Yes, you cannot haunt your bequeathed because you bequeathed to the wrong person. <laughs> and I also, to, to continue to touch on that is I think people forget in general that the best thing you can do for your gener- like your future generations to come is take care of yourself and your things first. Because once you go, it's a hot mess to have to deal with all the things that you never prepared for yourself. So it's like, not only do they have to deal with their own future, but now they have to deal with every mess like you left behind if you didn't take care of those things. Yeah, it's so funny because I kid you not. So when I first started, I was started my own practice. I was doing estate planning and business planning together. 
And naturally I moved away from estate planning because what I realized is not all my estate planning clients need business planning. And you know, I'm all about efficiency and proficiency and setting myself up to scale, right? But I kid you not, I got a call today from someone who's like, look, I'm in town because my dad passed away. He lived in Florida and he didn't have a will. And my mother and mother, uh, mother-in-law or whoever is trying to sell his trailer. Can they do that? How can I stop this? And you don't like the type of agony and dysfunction that comes after people pass when they don't have those things in order is is mind blowing, you know, sometimes it legit tears families apart, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely important that you do that. Re- I would say update them regularly. So if you got a will in 1995, you need to have that updated and the laws have changed since then. I can almost guarantee you. So you want to make sure if you're going to take the time to put something in place that is still going to work for you down the road. So we're alive now. So let's talk about soup. (laughs) So you chose tomato basil and for the audio cannot see you noshing on that tomato basil in your, in your immediate happy face in which you took a spoonful and your whole spirit just rised up. (laughs) So tell us about your spoonful of comfort, tomato basil eating experience. Oh my goodness. So can can we just start even before the tomato basil? Because I get this package in the mail. And first of all, the packaging is absolutely beautiful. And I loved that you could keep the two inside boxes because I love thoughtful packaging. And when I first opened, I'm like, okay, well, let me open the little one first. And it has the rolls. And I'm like, ooh, okay. And then I opened the soup. And I was so surprised, guys, because this thing is huge. It is gigantic. I was like, holy crap, right? I'm going to have a field day. So I immediately put it in the freezer. I get ready today for to chat over chowder. And I'm heating up my soup and I pour it into the pot and a little bit like spilled over on the side. I licked it off with my finger and I promise you, Jesus made this recipe himself because it is so good. The texture is phenomenal. The flavors are phenomenal. I mean, it is just, I was like, (laughs) Bethany, my husband's going to call you because you're going to be bougie-fying me. I'm like, I'm ordering soup now. (laughs) Forget Panera. (laughs) If you, okay, so when you order, because you can also put, you can also put it in different um, containers and then just refreeze it because you get 64 ounces. So if you and your husband are like, you know what, we cannot eat 64 ounces of soup in one sitting. I could, but people don't need to be as big as I am. But (laughs) if you're doing the whole whole portion control, whatever nonsense, (laughs) you can actually put it in portions and put it in the freezer. But if you do consume all 64 ounces and you're ready for some more, if you order from Spoonful of Comfort and you put crackers and soup as the coupon code, you'll get 15% off. So all about savings. So I'm so- Yes. And I'm so excited that you don't have to cook for your husband, that you all know that what you guys are going to have for dinner tonight. Oh, yeah. So much easier on my life. Yes. <laughs> and it's all about you, my boo. It's all about so you. So thank you. Chatting over chowder. <laughs> we <Yeah>. appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you. So while when you're not doing trademark law, when you're not eating delicious tomato basil soup with your roll and your husband making some grilled cheese tonight, you are listening to what podcasts and why? I would say now I'm listening to my own, of course, because I'm anal like that. So I have to like re-listen to all the episodes. And the only other podcast I truly listen to is Expeditiously by T.I., And I know it sounds so far left, (laughs) but I am, I truly enjoy his podcast. I mean, I enjoy T.I. Now I know he got some sexual allegation stuff going on right now. I don't condone none of that. I ain't in that man's bedroom. So don't come for me. Okay. But so let me tell you. So my aunt um, lives outside of Georgia and she's been there in Georgia ever since she was in grad school. She went to Georgia for pharmacy school. And so I've been going to stay with her 
even since I was like a little girl for as far as I can remember. I'm originally from Alabama. It was like a three and a half hour drive. We would go all the time. I still remember to this day driving into the city, seeing the, the, the skyline, right? Bright as day. And on the radio comes on T.I.'s 20 bows. And I was like, oh, I made it. <laughs> like, let, let me take you. away from your vision and your dream and your excitement for you making it. T.I., and I love his little ass. I love his little ass acting. His rap is I. <laughs> his life with Tiny is a hot mess. I don't know if they're together. I don't know if they're divorced. I, I don't know if they're, they're still producing all the damn kids because they're producing a lot of damn kids. I don't know. All I, he's not, as we were talking about bequeathing, he's not bequeathing anything to me. So I don't need to know any of that information. Having said that, his little tiny ass is in a scandal at least every three years. Oh yeah, because he's about that life. He about that life for real. Like, he coming with it. And you know what? Like you said, he's not bequeathing me anything. It ain't none of my business. I mind the business that pays me. <laughs> That's what I do, you know? And, but let me tell you though, expeditiously. So what, if people, for people who are not familiar with T.I., they may not know that even in all of his craziness, like one, not only does he ride for the city of Atlanta, like he goes hard for his city, but he is also very much rooted in activism. And he and Sean King are probably two of the fa my favorite activists that I follow. They're how I really stay up to date on what's going on in Black America, to be honest, all the craziness and all the beautiful stuff too. But T.I.'s podcast is so multifaceted that I love it. Some of my favorite episodes are those where he's talking to Killer Mike. I had no idea who Killer Mike was before then, just being honest. And he has some controversial views. So I don't claim to, you know, be a fan of all his views, but kind of like, you know, what I am wanting to experience with my podcast and having those like true, real conversations every single one of his episodes gets real quick, like to the real of what's going on or whatever the topic is. And he and Killer Mike are apparently friends in real life. And so a lot of their conversations are insightful. They're hilarious. They are educating to me. I get to learn a lot about like what's going on. And I also love the fact that I've been introduced to some amazing people. I love an amazing, like started from the bottom. Now I'm here triumph story. Like really do like people who have just been given the crap part of life and like, was like, screw that. We're making lemonade out of this crap. Right. And one of those people I will never forget was Shaka Senghor. And it was the first time I'd even heard of who this man was. And he was telling his story about how, you know, he just to keep it real, he murdered a man. It was crazy how it happened, but he murdered a man, ended up doing 19 years in prison. Seven of those were in solitary confinement and he got released in 2010, I believe. He and married. started, he did. Had a and baby. His, yep. And she helped him push his book. And then she, somebody from Oprah's team was like, hey, you know, and now he's like a professor. He's doing these speaking engagements all over the world. Like super dope. And then I also love that there's the other aspect of just Black America conversation. So I enjoyed the conversation that he had with like Monique and her husband. I actually enjoy the conversations. Not that I necessarily agree with how they view things, but I enjoyed the conversations between like he and Tiny because you get to see how different they are. And one of the things that I enjoy from a relationship standpoint is like people who give you, cause that's another thing I think, I don't think, especially as women of color or people of color, we really talk about like the real deal of relationships, right? There are just certain things you don't talk about. You don't, what goes in this household stays in this household. You don't talk about money. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about the business. Like it's so like taboo, right? So to be able to hear them talk about those conversations is like awesome. And I haven't really listened to Kadeem and DeVal's podcast. They're another couple and I can't remember what the name of their podcast is, but I watch them on social 
And I love the conversations that they have regarding that as well. So if it's a podcast and I'm going to listen to it, I'm like, I want the real deal about what's going on. I don't want any fluff. I want to have some like legit conversation. I want to learn something. And I think that's just part of who I am because it's like, I don't like doing small talk. You know, I'm like, you know, let's, let's just get to it. Like where are you from? What was your life like growing up? You know, tell me your biggest fears, <laughs> like cut to the chase. Who are you really deep down inside? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I love TI's little country accent. I love his voice. I do love his, vo- I love, I love me some little TI. And the, I can't, I always say he's so little. Cause I swear my thigh is bigger than him, but there's just something about him that I'm like, I bet you he tears shit up. I bet you he breaks Tiny's back. There's just so like, you know, he he be doing something. He be doing something that she she be like she'll be escape singing. Like she sings escape. I know she does. Like he be like oh. has to. It's it's got to be something. Something. It can't be just the money. Come on, it's got to be mm. something. Because she has her own money. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be something. Breaks her back. So <laughs> so. so now, our final segment is Sherline Hit It. This, please. Tell, so, tell, tell us. This, yes. Tell us what's your business? What's going on? Anything you want to promote? Tell us about you. So, you guys, let me tell you if you're a follower of mine, one of the things that you will learn is I am fairly consistent. I'm doing trademarks. I'm doing business planning. Like you need help with one of those two areas. I'm your girl. I got you. The newest service that I did launch in January, and we're going to make it available to the public in March, is the eSuite subscription. It is my month-to-month legal and brand strategy legal subscription. And it covers things like a one month-to-month VIP strategy session. We do office open hours every month quarterly planning sessions, year-end strategic planning sessions. And you really get to use your VIP sessions to go over whatever it is you want to talk about. So if it is from a legal standpoint, you have questions about trademarks, you have questions about a collaboration, you got questions about contracts, we go over those, we can talk about it. But because of my skill set and also doing business planning, you got questions about hey, how am I supposed to workflow this next launch? Like, I'm trying to set up this email list. What do I need to have? Like, all the business type stuff. I want to be like your legal business bestie. And it is really best for those entrepreneurs who are looking to have like a legal business bestie on their team as they grow. So if that's you, hit me up and we can chat about that. And basically all the other stuff like that I just mentioned within there, we do all that too. So I can do strategy sessions. We can help you protect uh, your brand assets from those thieves out there because we know they out there. Uh, Contracts, getting you set up for contracts that you need in your business, whether it's independent contractor agreements, employee agreements, all of the such. So yeah, that that is my jam and that that is what I do. Now, where can they find you? You can find me on the World Wide Web at, no, just kidding. But seriously, on IG, I am Burnley Law. That's B-U-R-N-L-E-Y-L-A-W. That's the same for my Facebook business page. And you can also find our website at burnleylaw.com. And if you go to our Instagram page, in all honesty, that's where I hang out the most. If you click the link in my bio, it will take you directly to the website. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can schedule a complimentary coffee and chat with me. I also have a free legal cheat sheet that you can download there as well. So that's where all the goodies are on Instagram in the link page. And knowing Summer is, Summer is worth her weight in gold. Not only just knowing her and her expertise, but also for the work product that she produces, she should be charging like 10 times more than what you currently charge (laughs) because it truly is, you, you feel comfortable knowing that your business is in the most, it's beyond capable hands. It's, it's phenomenal hands. You are a blessing. You put my mind at ease and you are a treasure, not only to your clients, but anybody that interacts with you. So thank you for all of the business 
law stuff that you do for us because I know I'm high maintenance. I know who I am. I know who I am, but you do with such grace and with such understanding. And I, it's just such truly an honor to even be in, in your circle and in your life. So if you are listening and it doesn't even necessarily have to be for podcasters, if you are thinking of writing a book and you want to make sure that all of those ducks are in a row, if you're thinking about creating a specific logo and you want to make sure that that is protected, if you're thinking about creating a business in any way, contact Summer Burnley first, sign up for this monthly subscription. If you have something that you want to trademark, schedule the discovery call, touch base with her. She will make you feel at ease. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You're going to make me cry. Why do you do that? Because I like to see you cry. Cry. Cry in your tomato basil. Just cry in the tomato basil. Be like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Bethany. I really do appreciate that. I am... In all honesty, I just feel so humbled and blessed to, I mean, be able to help, of course, you guys, but all of my clients. It is legit why I get up and do what I do every morning, you know, especially for women of color. I have male clients. I have clients who are not of color, but, you know, we are so used to not, as Sherline mentioned earlier, not having access to certain information. We are historically have our ideas snatched away from us and given credit to somebody else. So yes, it is, when I say it is my mission to make sure that you can own your ish, right? And that you are able to protect your brand and your business. I 100% mean it. So thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'll browbeat you later on a private, (laughs) I'll verbally abuse you later on a private chat. Just to make up to all of the love that I just, and gushiness that I just gave you. Because you know we can't roll like this for like, ooh, ooh. But I can't, like, I'm a G, hold on, like, hold on. <coughs> Something in my throat. <laughs> You're like, Sherilyn, did you just take over Bethany's body? What is that? <laughs> Where did my Bethany go? <laughs> Where did you go, my lovely? <laughs> Summer, you're a dreamer to delight. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. No, thank you guys for having me. It was awesome. I love you so much. (laughs) Have a good evening, love. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay stay super. super.